yeah, I, I said like this. I think the biggest surprise in 2019 is not the fact that we had one of the strongest starts to year for stocks going back, you know, 10 and 30 years, depending on which index you look at. It's a surprise move down in yields. At the start of the year, Bloomberg had a poll. 62 out of 63 economists expected a higher 10-year yield by the end of June. And when everyone's on one side of the boat, that's when you can get these surprising moves the other way. From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. On the line up in Boston, my good friend Jeff Bookbinder, market strategist, portfolio manager, just all around good guy. Jeff, how's it going up in Boston? Oh, thanks for the compliment there. Uh, all around good guy yourself. Uh, everything in Boston's great. Uh, finally getting some nice uh, spring slash summer weather. Um, I didn't get cupcakes this morning at my daughter's school, but other than that, things are great. Good, yeah. So down here in Charlotte. Let's see, I guess a week ago today, today, we're recording this Tuesday, so a week ago, last Tuesday, Jeff, it was like 96 or 97 degrees. Terrence, was right around, do we break the record, Terrence? I don't, I think we were right about a degree from the all-time high in May, and lo, since we love records with markets, it's like, man, I just wish we would have set the all-time record, but it was really hot down here. Today, as I was walking in, it's like low 80s, and it's almost cold. I think I need a jacket. It, it, it's, it's funny how... You get used to that heat um, once you live down here for a while. So today is a beautiful, beautiful day. But, yeah, Jeff, to piggyback on what you just said, if I start crying during this podcast, it's not because anything we said. It's been an emotional morning for the Dietrichs. My daughter, Susanna, just had her fifth grade, what they call it, it's the fifth grade promotion, meaning, you know, I call it fifth grade graduation, but she's moving on to middle school. So we just did that this morning, so I ran into work, uh, you know, so I'm a little I'm not even. I'm a little emo- more emotional than normal, I guess. Jeff, how old are your kids? Have you done any graduations, promotions like that? No, we're uh, we're in the middle of elementary school, got so it. Uh, we got a little bit of time before we do graduations. But we do um, father daughter dances at recitals, and I get a little uh, emotional during those. Do you, do you get down when you get to those two, though? A little, little boogie. <laughs> That's probably putting it too strongly. It's, <laughs> It's it's a little bit more like you know 1950s style right. you know, Fred Astaire kind of thing rather than uh, more of an urban street dancing uh, type of uh, concept, but uh, it, it, it's really fun. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll wrap it up like this. So my daughter had hers today, and my son Gus, the youngest one's kindergartner. I think it was almost harder my wife and I to know that we would never have another kindergartner. Uh, with Gus's thing yesterday with Susanna's, I thought Emily would cry, and she did not cry, and I, I didn't cry. But um, yeah, it was still it was still an emotional morning, but it, it was it was also a lot of fun, and it's just the way things go. We took last week off for the Memorial Day holiday, so welcome back, everyone. John Lynch is on a well-deserved vacation with his family uh, down in Disney World, so have fun down there with your family, John. And this week, Jeff and I are going to focus on three main topics. The first one is kind of what's the economy? This is a 10-year economic cycle. Does it really have a lot of life left? And we're going to talk about our five forecasters that we use to look at potential recession warnings. We're also going to focus on the bond market. We've had a, and Jeff's an expert here, we've got a massive drop in yields. The bond market saying one thing, hey, is there a global recession on the horizon? Is the Fed going to cut rates? What's it all mean? What's the bond market telling us really specifically for the stock market? And then lastly, It wouldn't be a week if we didn't talk about trade because in the two weeks since we've done a podcast, there's been a lot of curveballs and changes as it relates to trade globally, not just with the United States and China. Mexico's involved. India's potentially involved. And we'll we'll circle around with that. But, Jeff, you know, first things first. I'll just kind of put the ball on the tee for you. You know, our weeklies, I guess, would have been last week, so about seven days ago, we took a look at our five forecasters of economic growth, 
We can kind of you know get into those a little bit more, but the bottom line, I believe it's next month, we have 10 years of economic growth without a recession. How much further can it go, Jeff? What do you think? What do our five forecasters tell us? The interesting thing about all these trade tensions and you know the increasing uh, market expectations of Fed rate cuts is that those may actually contribute to a longer cycle. Um, but uh, going back to the uh, five forecasters specifically, uh, you know some of these are maybe flashing yellow. I mean, clearly the yield curve, right? Which is one of the five, is, is flashing uh, a little bit of a warning here. We can talk about that. But um, the others really look pretty good. I mean, Ryan, you can talk about market breadth, but the um, the ISM manufacturing index here, it's suggested manufacturing activity in the U.S. is slowing, but we're still, you know, 52, a couple points above the uh, break point between expansion and contraction. And, uh, you know, trade's tied into all of this, right? So we could right. certainly get uh, a little bit of a bump up in manufacturing activity once these trade clouds clear. Uh, the market uh, volatility here over the last few weeks has contributed to lower valuations, so the P/E ratio, the price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500, has come down a couple points from its peak, uh, and uh, it's actually around 15 and a half. So that we think is reasonable, especially considering inflation is low and interest rates are low. Uh, and then, um, you know, the yield curve signals are certainly something to watch. We've written and talked a lot about that, but we haven't gotten a strong enough signal for a long enough time, in our opinion, to say that um, recession's right around the corner. So it's not a positive signal, but we don't think it's uh, you know, enough to call for recession in the next uh, 12 months. And then lastly, we look at technical analysis, including breadths. And, and Ryan, that's your bread and butter. Yeah, Jeff, so that's a good thing. Now, I do want to focus for a second. You know, you mentioned manufacturing. It's coming in at 52 just recently, and I, you know, that's still about a 2% GDP growth annualized. Not great, but not recessionary. You know, but valuations are the one. When I do TV events and get to speak to our advisors and their clients, the question of, hey, valuations are stretched. Valuations are high. So, Jeff, you're telling me maybe they're not so high. I mean, is that kind of what you just said in so many words? Yeah. So I think it's an important point. Mm-hmm. They're about average, and if you adjust for inflation and interest rates, they're a little below average. Right, and that's that's such a great point for our listeners to hear because, again, you know, the S&P, it, it's honestly, you know, you can go back and I know we're up 11% for the year. We had a 25% bounce from the lows, but, you know, if you go back, you know, a year and a half or so, you could argue the S&P hasn't really gone anywhere for a while, and earnings have gone up. So that's, that's what happens when the price stays relatively flat and earnings go higher. That P multiple contracts. That's an important thing to note. The valuations, as we look at our five forecasters, really aren't uh, quite the worry. Now, yield curve, we, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about the yield curve later, but the yield curve absolutely is a worry. But the other two parts of our five forecasters, market breadth and leading indicators. Market breadth, we like to look at just advanced decline lines. The NYSE advanced decline line, all the stocks that anybody see that go up versus down each day on a cumulative basis. That's still really strong. You tend to see the advanced decline line peak out on average about eight months to a year ahead of stocks. 
um, the S&P 500, for instance, and we haven't seen that yet. So that's a positive sign. There's a lot of participation under the surface. And then just the leading economic index, one of our favorite indicators, 10, a component, 10 components that the government puts together, made another new all-time high last month. Year over year, it has been decreasing a little bit, um, but it's still positive. You know, before the last seven recessions, the leading economic index turned negative year over year. It's still up over 2%. So it's decreased a little bit, but honestly, the economy slowed down a little bit. But that's not a shock. So, and Ryan, dur during this ahead. expansion, we've had a couple of points where the LEI has been right around flat year over year. Right. So this is just another example. It might not get to flat uh, in this run, but another example of just what you might call uh, a mid-cycle pause or mid-cycle slowdown. Yeah, I've got the chart in front of me. I'm just eyeballing it here. It looks like in middle of 2013 and then again in early 2016, we saw the LEI year over year. It didn't go negative, but it came close, and then the economy accelerated. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, kind of our base camp when we talk about things there. And then you talk about the economy, Jeff. You know, we have had some good points, right? Consumer confidence has been relatively high. Um, you know, housing data for the most part's been good as yields have, <laughs> again, surprised to the downside. So when we talk about the economy, things aren't great. But by no means do we see a recession. I mean, what do you think? We're going to have a recession before 2019's over, Jeff? No, we don't think so. Good, because you were going to shock the, me if you said yes. The job market so, yeah. still looks really good. Good point. I mean, frankly, the, the worry about the job market is that wages might grow too fast. Uh, but, you know, a little over 3% year over year, we're, we're not there yet. So really healthy uh, job market with very low unemployment. And, um, and we've been creating a couple hundred thousand jobs a month for quite some time. And we'll get another job support later this week. That's true. Yeah, this Friday, I guess, right, is, is another jobs report. But for the most part, we've continued to have really solid jobs. And that's, that's obviously a big driver. Two-thirds of the economy is consumer spending, and the consumer still looks relatively healthy in our opinion. So, Jeff, that's kind of we'll, – we'll move on to the next subject. That's our five forecasters, which, again, I guess we could maybe put a bow on it. The yield curve is the one flashing, probably the biggest warning, but the other four still look pretty uh, pretty solid to us. Now, Jeff, maybe before I go to this next subject, let's talk hockey for a second. You're a Boston Bruins fan, am I correct? For the I, I am. Cup? was mm -hmm. disappointed yeah. uh, in the game yesterday, but 2-2 uh, certainly, um, I guess uh, they got a, a pretty good chance to pull this out. I, I think there's – maybe I'm biased, but I think they're the better team. Yeah. <laughs> You might be biased, but that's it's okay. We all have biases in life, and it's a team you root for. So, yeah, so good luck to both. I mean, you know, St. Louis and Boston have just, I don't know, the last 25 years of my life feels like they've had two of the two of the best sporting towns, and it's interesting that both of them once again are um, playing for a very big trophy. So good luck to um, everybody. Yeah, I, I said it like this. I think the biggest surprise in 2019 is not the fact that we had one of the strongest starts to a year for stocks going back, you know, 10 and 30 years, depending on which index you look at. It's a surprise move down in yields. At the start of the year, Bloomberg had a poll. 62 out of 63 economists expected a higher 10-year yield by the end of June. For what it's worth, the LPL Financial also expected a higher 10-year yield. And when everyone's on one side of the boat, that's when you can get these surprising moves the other way. And the 10-year yield, I mean, Jeff, I, I, yesterday, was it down around 215? I, I guess, you know, nonetheless, we're, we're talking 20-month lows on a 10-year yield continues to go lower. So the big question is, what in the world does this mean, Jeff? Is the bond market the smart money, like we've been told so many times, and a, and a recession is coming? Or is there something else going on? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to ignore the, the, the signals from the bond market, and certainly we're not. We know the global economy, not just U.S., but global economy has slowed a bit 
and certainly uh, there are risks of further slowing, especially if this trade war uh, extends through the year. Um, in fact, we've we've said as much, I think, even on this podcast from from John that you know, if this if the trade war lingers, we could be looking at you know two percent growth, not something closer to two and a half. It's it's a big deal, uh, right? So. We understand the bond market is reacting to that more muted growth outlook and some of these economic risks, but we would say it's gone too far uh, because, um, frankly, a let's call it 215 on the 10-year is not consistent with uh, a 2% GDP growth economy, even with a percent and a half inflation. Right? Historically, there's a relationship between GDP plus inflation and the 10-year Treasury yield. That that has been broken for really the entire uh, post-financial crisis period. Uh, it'll it'll reconnect at some point. Um, we're not there, but I think we're going to move in that direction. And uh, by the end of the year, uh, again, assuming the, um, the the trade tensions ebb here, we'll probably be um, you know 25, 50 basis points higher from where we are right now, at least. Right. And, you know, what's so fascinating about this, and this will be in the show notes of today's LPL Market Signals podcast, but we took a look at the G7 countries. That would be Italy, United States, Canada, the U.K., France, Germany, and Japan. All seven have a lower 10-year yield than they did at the start of the year, 10-year government bond yield. So, again, this isn't just a U.S. thing. This is a global phenomenon of the lower trending yields and it's just fascinating when you add it up. We have another chart in this week's weekly economic commentary that just takes a look at how much negative yielding debt is there around the globe. Jeff, we just cracked $11 trillion with a T, $11 trillion worth of uh, negative yielding debt around the globe. Um, I don't even know what in the world to say about that. What do you think? $11 trillion in negative debt. It just doesn't sound good on the surface. Am I wrong, Am I wrong there? Uh, no, it's... It's not good at all, and it just yeah. points to the distortions in the bond market from quantitative easing. Um, we were actually even a little bit higher than that a few years ago. Right. Uh, I think we peaked at around $12 trillion, but uh, regardless, um, that's too much. And what that means is that it depresses our yields, right, because yes. bond investors in Europe buy our treasuries because those 2% yields look so attractive, even though we think they're exceedingly low. Um, that Until that lifts, it's going to be hard for U.S. Treasury yields to move much, but we still think combination of a, uh, a trade agreement in the next few months and then not great, but decent economic growth mm -hmm. uh, with um, maybe a little bit of a pickup in inflation. Because as the Fed has told us, they think some of the um, low inflation is due to temporary factors. Uh, all that um, combined, we think, can push uh, yields a little bit higher, but it, it's certainly not going to be a fast move. Right. Yeah, the, I'll read maybe the summary of our weekly economic commentary. We see plenty of evidence that solid U.S. fundamentals are intact. We don't think yields recent decline is simply an indictment of future economic growth. We think the most plausible explanation here is the intensifying trade and political risks have ignited a wave of panic buying in U.S. debt, a trend we expect to reverse as trade risks subside. So, like you said, I mean, it's it's like, you know, how does John put it? Uh, we're the dirtiest, we're the cleanest shirt in a dirty laundry, I guess, is, I believe is how, how he's worded it about, you know, sometimes with U.S. debt and U.S. economy. And there is definitely a lot of, lot of truth there when we look at things. Um, you know, I don't have too many more comments on 
on the surprise move in the yield, other than, again, so many people expected yields to go higher in the U.S. and around the globe. That hasn't happened at all. And I'm sure getting the feel there have been some big banks, big institutions that have come out in the last week or so that have cut their targets. Uh, a lot of negativity, people expecting lower yields now. It, you know, from that purely contrarian point of view, it really feels like now everyone's on the other side of the boat. I mean, if we can get any positive news on trade, which we're going to spend probably the next five minutes or so talking about trade, that could be kind of the key to uh, switch things. Now, Jeff, is there any final comments from you on the yields or the yield curve in general on bonds? What do you think? Yeah, so the in the weekly market commentary, we talk about the relationship between stocks and bond yields. Right. And uh, stocks have done better when yields have risen in recent years, and that makes sense because essentially the bond market's saying economic growth is improving when yields rise, and therefore the um, stock market has generally gone up. Uh, and that's that relationship's still in place today. And so what that means is for the stock market to make a run at um, our year-end target or just to break through to new highs, uh, which at this point is probably uh, close to 10% away, um, then we're going to probably need to see yields rise. So yields mm-hmm. can be a, a barometer of economic health and, and, and stock market health. But if you go back and look at all the periods where interest rates have fallen over the last couple decades, uh, you see stocks actually have held up okay. So I would say it'd be a victory if stocks can be flat until yields rise. And then at that point, We'll have a little bit of a tailwind, uh, I would say, and you're likely to see uh, stocks move higher uh, along with with yields. So certainly the bond market matters, and we'll be uh, you know watching for yields and stocks to move together as they have really the majority of the economic expansion in bull market. Exactly, yeah, and like you said in this week's weekly market commentary, we've got a couple good charts that kind of summarize the connection and the correlation between yields and stock prices. So, Jeff, the final subject is uh, trade. Now, to kind of talk about it for a second here. So, at LPL Research, for almost two months now, we've been saying after that 25% bounce, we wouldn't be shocked if we had a market correction. And I've straight up asked John, can we get a 10% correction this year? He has said, you know, it's very possible. And now the S&P's pulled back about seven, approximately 7% from the peak. I believe the peak last peak was on April 30th. We had the worst month of May in seven years. Stocks have pulled back significantly. S&P down four weeks in a row. First four-week losing streak since October 14. Haven't had a five-week losing streak since the middle of 2011. So this pullback is happening, but we're saying it's because of trade. But after a 25% bounce, I think we could almost use any excuse we wanted, and, and that can be why it's happening. But the bottom line is the pullback is happening. It could have a little bit more legs to it. But at the same time, it's probably all about trade. Now, Jeff, I'll, I'll hand it to you in a second. You know, last week on Friday, President Trump announced potentially 5% tariffs against Mexico. We removed the designation of a developed country from India. Um, obviously, the China stuff continues to go back and forth. So it's almost like we have a couple potential trade uh, skirmishes on the horizon along with uh, China. Now, fortunately, when it comes to the EU with uh, cars, it seems like that's been calm for maybe, it could be calm for another several months, but that's still floating out there. Boy, it almost scares me talking about all those things. What do you think about trade here with where we've been the last two weeks, really? And I'm not going to change now. Uh, and once 
the China situation is settled, one way or the other, then President Trump will turn to Europe. And at that point, we should worry about Europe. He has made it very clear he only wants to fight one battle at a time. Frankly, I wouldn't even classify um, the terrorist threat on Mexico as a battle. I think it's going to be uh, pretty easy and straightforward to um, negotiate a solution with Mexico. Uh, so I would not expect those tariffs to stay in place long. I would say they won't even go to 10%. You know, he's set them up so that they go up 5% each month. Right. Um, we'll, we'll probably get a quick resolution to that. So I wouldn't focus too much on that. Uh, China's the biggest issue. It's about uh, global dominance, global sovereignty. It's, it's, it's some really, really big issues. Um, the technology revolution, right? Th- these are much bigger issues than the things that we're, we're dealing with uh, with India or Mexico or, or, or Japan, frankly, or even Europe. So I'm still optimistic that we'll get trade deals done, frankly, at some point with all of these countries. But the biggest risk here is clearly that we don't get a deal with China this year. Um, it's, it, it's not a, a sure thing by any stretch that, that this is over in a few months. No, there's absolutely no sure thing in the world as the guy on Jeopardy I saw just lost yesterday. He's about, what, forty or $50,000 away from the all-time record in terms of earnings. So there is no sure thing. If he can lose <laughs> anything, anything's possible, I think. I mean, yeah. you, you see that guy? Impressive effort by the, the, the woman who, who beat him. Yeah, that was – anyway, yeah, that's, maybe we'll talk about more of that next time. But that was, that was – a streak is over. We greatly appreciate everyone listening to our podcast. We had a lot of fun talking about kind of a 10-year economic cycle, looking at our five forecasters, why it still has growth. Also, what does the bond market know that the stocks, stock market necessarily doesn't know? And then lastly, our latest update in the world of trade and drama. So, Jeff, I had fun. Um, any closing remarks to us here? Well, congratulations to your daughter on the graduation. That's great. Um, I look forward to uh, the return of, of John Lynch. Maybe we can get a, a Disney trip recap in the next week or two when, when he's able to get back on, on here. Uh, great for great to again be with you and uh, really enjoyed the, uh, the conversation. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you again, everyone listening. Again, we will be back next week with the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Take care, everybody. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we'll continue to analyze and discuss market signals. Stay connected by following us on Twitter, at LPL, or at LPL Research. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. LPL Market Signals is presented and produced by LPL Financial. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPO Financial, LLC. 
securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA and SIPC. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor, please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC, NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.